Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. And I'm Chris. And today, we're back with another What Are You Reading episode. I think this is the first What Are You Reading episode you've been on, Chris. <laughs> well, it's the first one that we've done together. I've done one with Jeremy. Oh, that's right. And uh, and that was fun. And then um, uh, we haven't done one together since we started doing it. You you you. It was like when I had some time off, and 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 then you had some time off with the baby. And so we we haven't really you know our we were ships in the night with this new segment that we came up with. This shorter format. I'm excited to actually do one with you because. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun idea, and um, I'll be honest, I don't read as much comics as you do. Probably, <laughs> I'm, my, I'm old, and I'm not as I'm I'm just super busy. You know, that's what it is. Um, I just have very little time to sit down and read and and everything. But um, but it's it's a fun thing to to do. I think just to be like, hey, I'm gonna take some time. It's almost like meditation. It's like you just kind of get into a zone, right? And right. you find whatever it is, like. At, maybe on the couch at work or, or just like you know, 10 minutes before you go to bed or whatever. And you just kind of get into that. Even if it's a digital version, it's just, it, it's calming. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm just reading to myself and I'm uh, taking this in. And every once in a while I'll, I'll kind of react to it. And I have to tell my wife, like, you don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's, it, it, I miss it. I miss the uh, just delving into stuff. Um, especially when it's like really, really long, like a 64, page trade paperback or something like that but i've been trying to do more reading while my daughter's taking naps because she does a lot of that sure yeah (laughs) you gotta gotta get it in there when you can yeah so definitely as soon as she's put down for a nap i have like a stack of books i'm trying to get through so rather than just watching tv or Mm -hmm. you know doing something i should be doing otherwise i just like no it's it's time to read some comics now when I think she's she's napping pretty well now. She's on like a bit of a schedule. Oh, yeah. She's very much on a schedule. Yeah. But at first, like when you were going through that new dad sleep deprivation kind of thing, like where you're like, OK, I'm going to pick up from where I left off. And you're like, I don't even remember. <laughs> like, I don't want to know what happened. There was no reading at all in the beginning. <laughs> okay, there, there was right. none of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very loopy <laughs> in the first couple of months. All right, well, Lance, uh, what are you reading? Uh, I actually just finished a collected edition by it. So it's the image book uh, Velvet. So this is actually written by uh, Ed Brubaker and artist is Steve Epting and colors by Elizabeth Breitweiser or Breitweiser. That's a big book. Yeah, it's it's Uh, big. Those of you who can't who can't see through the audio of a podcast that it's like a a good like 11 by 14 size, like hardcover. Like that's a weapon. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this would, one. this could do some damage as much damage as this character velvet does in this book. Uh, this was actually recommended to me by uh, Melissa Flores. So she is the current writer for mighty Morphin power Rangers. She's also writing dead lucky for image right now. Uh, she recommended this book when I was like, Hey, I'm going to a used bookstore and what book should I be on the lookout for? And I found Velvet because she recommended it. And then I was like, well, now I need to read the rest of it. And just so happens that she knew of a website that was selling the collected edition for much cheaper than anywhere else. So I snagged that and I just finished it the other day. It is a spy thriller 
series. The character has been a secretary for a long time. That's all you know in the beginning. And some stuff goes down and you find out that she used to be an agent. The storyline just kind of goes downhill for her in a way. And Mm -hmm. she has to clear her name from this wrongdoing that's been shown. But very spy heavy action packed, uh, uh, but really entertaining story. Nice. That sounds cool. It sounds like like one of those movies they would be like, okay, uh, uh, Charlie's Theron stars in Velvet. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's it's it sounds like an eventual female power character, uh, you know, Hollywood adaptation that's going to happen. But yeah, and it it like the story moves along really well. So it's fifteen issues, and it just flows. I've like as soon as I finished an issue, I wanted to go on to the next one. It's just very character driven and you don't know who to trust and you're just kind of finding out things as the character is finding them out in the storyline just a just really entertaining and was very surprised because i don't know maybe i don't go towards crime thrillers very often so this was a nice change of pace for my reading but i had an absolute blast reading it and i would strongly recommend it so velvet from image definitely check it out well i also have an image book that i'm going to recommend uh this is a series called love everlasting i just read issue four um the title caught me kind of like by by surprise i was like love everlasting what is this you know this is kind of an Mm -hmm. interesting because you know all those comics in the 50s like you know like young romance and they did romance comics and and you know stuff that spawned like eventually like archie and and whatnot but that was a whole genre and it's and in Japan it's like love comics and romance comics and things like that it, it's it's a whole thing and it's kind of not in the US uh surprisingly um just because of the i think the audience is maybe lacking or just not tapped into but so i, I so anyway i i saw this it's by um it's published by image it's the writer is tom king the, the artist for this issue was Elsa Charatier, and uh, the colors were by Matt Hollingsworth. What was interesting about this, as soon as I saw the very first page, it kind of opens up with a splash page of this 1920s um, flapper singer in a bar in Europe and this soldier. And it, the, the, the description in the very first little caption panel is like, OK, life in the trenches the guns of the front line. So it's something that takes place during world war one and it takes place. It's about this soldier who keeps coming back to this bar in Europe and this um, American who's a singer, but she speaks French and she sings in French. And it's kind of a montage of, he keeps coming back at first. He comes with all of his buddies and he like is sweet on her. And then he comes back another time and one of them's dead and they're drinking to him you know, and then they, they come back again. There's only four of them. And it's it's kind of like over the years and, and kind of their relationship. And, you know, and eventually he's like, as many soldiers do, he's like, I love you. Marry me. And she's like, no. And, and, and just the whole PTSD. And it's it's very like it's not superhero. It's very just like slice of life kind of stuff and sort of based in real real life and, and um, shows what a relationship could have been like in uh, in world war one um from a soldier's point of view and from a like torch singer 
in Europe. And uh, but the art's really simple. It's kind of like uh, almost like uh, Tim Sal, uh, who oh, did yeah. like mm-hmm. last Halloween, and uh, you know very very simple lines. Um, the colors are really muted, like like an old old parchment. Um, so I I thought the art style was kind of fun and and um, and and very almost art decoy in, in some ways, which I which I thought was cool. And the the layouts were beautiful and um and it, it was and it's not like sappy love. It's just like a it's like a relationship story. It it was it was it was like a interesting episode of Twilight Zone or something. But nothing nothing weird happened. Like nothing supernatural happened. <laughs> the most unstrange episode of twilight zone ever yeah other than well the thing that was i think interesting or the, the interesting about it is like you know he so this guy keeps coming back and they mention like he can't die he's like why why do you think you've stayed alive like he's talking to his buddy and he's like because i have to see this because i have to see her because I have to keep coming back to see her. She's she's the one that's keeping me alive. And it, and it kind of it's like, oh, like when, once that moment happens, it's like, oh, wow. He's like, it's just kind of he's using this person that he thinks he's in love with. And eventually, you know, it falls in love with is his motivation for like, I have to I have to drink to them. I have to drink to my friends that have fallen and, and uh, I have to get back to this person and life's too short and everything. And. Um, I won't spoil how it ends, but it's it's um, it's sweet. It's like a it's like a different kind of comic. Uh, and I think it's one of those comics that like um, and again, I only read the fourth issue and it was like, cool, I'll definitely I'm going to check out and see like if issue five is a completely different thing. It seems like it's kind of a self-collected story. So each issue is probably like just tells one story. Um, but I thought it was really well done and didn't it was a. Uh, it was it was nice and self-contained and the art was fun. So, yeah, check it out. Love Everlasting from Image. Nice. Uh, my next book is from writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Andre Lima Araujo. Uh, this is a book that I was very excited to check out. It was recommended to me by Jake from Spectales podcast. Okay. So this kind of follows the trend of most of our episodes that are, what are you reading? There's a black and white comic in many of them. So this is that continuing thread. Sure. I am absolutely in love with the art style of this book. It, I don't even know how to describe it except extreme detail there. There's so much world building in the page. Literally you can just spend minutes if, if not, (laughs) much longer than minutes just staring at the pages and find something new every single time it is kind of set in this alien type world so there are humans but there's other uh beings as well it revolves around basically three main characters one of which is uh, he's not really like an android he he is another being but he has this particular weapon that like this dagger that he like wants on him constantly it gets stolen by a third character and so him and this young boy go on this mission basically to recover this dagger because it holds like significance and it just kind of turns into this road trip adventure storyline and there's lots of giant monsters and there's like huge cities up in the sky and 
some really cool looking villains that kind of look zombie-esque, but not they aren't zombies, like demon zombie type looking thing. It's just like a feast for the eyes. And the storyline is really like fast pace. There's tech in the world and a great visual and literary story. It it flows so well. And this is just book one. They are coming out with more of them, but it's a it comes in this really nice hardcover uh with a like a dust jacket. But if you like even when you take off the dust jacket, I'll show you. But the the art is just so cool. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that is neat. It's like a kind of a weird clean sci-fi yes uh post-industrial kind of looking yeah it's neat very much so it and i i've been really getting into more like indie storylines and and comics and just because they do so many things that are really interesting just uh the way they present just even panels like paneling looking so different from like the big two and it's just really engaging so i'm excited to continue to find more stories like this but I strongly recommend uh, Phenomena from Brian, Brian Michael Bendis and Andre Lima Rujo. And who publishes that? So this was done by Abrams Comics Art. Oh, neat. Okay. It's cool to see Bendis is, you know, doing his own stuff. I mean, like, it's not just big <laughs> Marvel <laughs> things like that nowadays. But yeah, it's nice. Uh, what's your next book? Okay. The next comic I'm going to talk about is a comic that was published first in i think 2015 if i'm reading the copyright correctly uh it's called giant days and i'm a sucker for young adult uh slice of life comics because i used to do one (laughs) so uh, i i often kind of gravitate towards those and just kind of see like ones from first second and things like that this is published by boom studios it was originally i think published by boombox and which um, and then now it's now it's on Boom Studios. So um, it was written and created by John Allison, who was a former um, web comics artist like myself. So I have met him before. Um, illustrated by Lisa Treman and colors by Whitney Coger and letters by Jim Campbell. And this is a really, um, you know, it, it's about three college roommates. It kind of starts off with they've already met and they're kind of all different kind of walks of life and it's these three girls and um and they kind of it just kind of tells their story about getting to know each other the the art is really fun it's it's like scott pilgrim but not as not as goofy and weird um you know in in the style and colors are really popped and simple and bright um a lot of flat colors so not not a ton of like gradients or anything like that um, and I, I just like comics like this because they they delve into a lot of character development and and it, they're just kind of fun with how they um, build the tension and drama because it's not powers based. It's it's all like, you know, betrayals and, and lies and secrets and like little character emotions. And uh, the, the the illustrations um, have a lot of good, like almost like animated quality. So people that like that animated style. Um, uh, it's it's very similar to that. So I definitely recommend it. Um, uh, John Allison is a really good writer and he's uh, British, so he brings in some, uh, you know, different sensibilities with probably from school days. But um, 
I definitely recommend uh, checking it out. Giant Days. Nice. From Boom Studios. Boom has so many fun titles right now. Yeah, I was I was happy to see that they were doing stuff like this, too, because um, young adult comics and there's there's a lot of them out there um, from smaller studios. Right. And then even some of the bigger studios are doing like stuff that has a young adult spin to it, like the, Mm -hmm. you know, Gwen Stacy and uh, Mary Jane and, you know, like uh, little things that are like young adult stories and their novelizations of things. So it's nice to see that there's other studios that are doing fun stuff like this that kind of fit a different um, different demographic. Yeah. Uh, DC is also doing uh, like the Raven Beast Boy and then like, oh, yeah, is it Beast Boy loves Raven or is it Raven loves Beast Boy? Yeah. yeah. Like those those comics were super fun. I really enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. It's just it, yeah, it just it just takes a takes takes away the the murky, you know, swamp of all of the uh, continuity, you know, mire that you don't want to have to worry about. Like, you know, it's and it's just like, let's just talk about their relationship and their superheroes. Uh, It's kind of fun to have issues like that where you get to really just focus on the character development um, of these characters. And I I, I wish they would. I wish that writers would do that more because it's fun, you know, like when you have a big series like you know, Justice League or or Avengers or X-Men or, or or Batman or something like that, where they don't it's not about fighting. It's not about villains. It's not about whatever. And it's just like, I'm going to get to know this person. And you know, like it, they don't do that very often. But when they do, it's like it's a special issue. And um, but I, I think it's it, it and, and mo- more times nowadays, it's it's like it's a one shot or it's an Elseworlds, you know, thing where it's like we're going to talk about him and his past life or something like that, you know, or a certain character when they were young or something. So check out giant days. Uh, it's a fun comic. I feel like more and more I am getting pulled towards stories that are more character driven and lead with a lot of emotion. And then you get into like the payouts with either like the big action sequence or the showing of their superpowers or it it yeah. is a lot more about character development first and then go like it's more about the character. The superpowers are secondary. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell this amazing story and then, oh, yeah, they also have these fantastic abilities and are able to do things that every normal day people wish they could do. But in order to really be connecting to that character, you have to like find common ground. And so developing those emotions and stories makes Mm -hmm. for such a bigger payout when there is something in their life that is either taken from them or they, they lose something. You're then feeling like you're also losing something because you connect with that individual. Yeah. It's it's the relevancy that that's important, and when the comics that don't do well are because there's nothing with the character that people can relate to. But but comics, new spins on characters or comics that do well is because oh, I can totally see that, or that that's totally relatable to me. Like uh, a Wonder Woman arc that's about you know the sensitivity of uh, you know trying to find acceptance and something like that, where it's it's not just like I have to find and kill this person. You know, I think that's why we've talked about Scott Pilgrim on the show before and it's a great gateway from 
uh, hyper, you know, action yeah. uh, comics to like slice of life comics. Um, so, you know, you read Scott Pilgrim, it's like, oh, this is great. I, I love that. And then it's like, what else? What's uh, what else can I get the similar to that? And you're like, oh, let's read, um, you know, comics like Bone or or, uh, you know, stuff like Sandman, which is a little bit more esoteric and and weird. And then you might read something like Blankets, which is amazing and super personal and heavy and um, things that uh, Coco Be Good and American Born Chinese and, and t- titles that are all about just like people and real life and um, and that are beautiful. They're they're so really I mean, there's such good graphic novel work um, that it's that's done. I know we mostly talk about uh, superheroes, but there's some just amazing, uh, you know, it, it makes me excited to have comics as a medium of storytelling because there's so much good stuff out there. Anyway, what are, what's something else you're reading? <laughs> uh, the next book I have is Witches. So this is another image book. It is written by Scott Snyder, art is by Jock, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by Clem, Clem Robbins. This is a horror book, and uh, if you couldn't tell from the name Witches, so it's W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. This book is super creepy. The story revolves around a young woman in high school. She has an encounter with a, a bully, and during their encounter... Uh, something horrific happens to that bully, and then the young girl is blamed, but not blamed at the same time. But there's just kind of the stigma around her, this fear around her in this town. Hmm. The family moves to a new a new place. She's starting to see these really creepy images in the woods, and something's kind of calling to her. It turns into just this horrific sequence of things going on with her family. And then there's some body horror involved as well. And then the whole town gets involved at one point. But there, there's a lot of like twists and turns that are really interesting, but very heavy on the horror. Very creepy. It, it has accolades from a lot of different places as being one of like the more terrifying stories that someone has read. And I really dig the art style. It works very well with this horror esque storyline it's just very different and i really like jock and his their covers are usually a very different style so it, this is my first time i feel like reading a book with sequential art from jock but i i really dug it it's it's very interesting very unique if you're looking for another like quick quick read i think this is only five or six issues um, if you find it, it says volume one, but I think th- this is it. There wasn't anything else printed. They might come back to it later, which is why I think they called it volume one. Yeah. But this, is, this is all we got from now from it. And it, it definitely is a full complete story. So if you're interested in reading a little bit more horror from Scott Snyder, uh, I would definitely check it out because it's creepy. It's super creepy. Yeah, we we love some creepy comics on here, and it's it's yes. it's another one that's. I, I think comics is a really fun <laughs> uh, media for horror because you're like, oh, you know how how scary can comics be? And I've definitely had moments where I'm flipping through something like when we talked about Bone Parish or mm-hmm. or even like Walking Dead. Like there's some panels and you'll flip the pages like, oh my goodness gracious, like ah! and it really does like creep you <laughs> out. I mean, there's there's some. There's some images that are just like, oh, no, I don't I don't 
want to see that, but you want to see what happens. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun experience to read a horror comic. Um, it really is, sure. and and it's one of those things where you build up the suspense when yeah. you're reading a horror comic because it's like, how quickly are you reading those pages? Uh-huh. Are uh-huh. you investing on every single word? Like, how much are you looking at the art when you read it? I read yeah. very slow. I like to take my time with every single page. So when I read one, I already read slow, but then I like to look at all the art before I move on. Cause there's some artists like to sneak little things in the the storyline. And so if you come to follow certain artists, you know, they're putting Easter eggs for things throughout the entire book. So for those artists, I am like a hawk trying to find those. And for others, it's just, maybe it's a new artist. I haven't, seen their work before and so i just like to take it all in and get used to their style before moving forward but horror definitely plays a part in like building your own suspense because you if you speed read a horror book are you really gonna have the same experience <laughs> no it's like when i uh sometimes I, i'm interested in a horror movie but i know i don't want to watch a horror movie so i'll just like fast forward through it. Oh, and it's like i'll just like what's this okay that's happening okay what's this and i'm just like okay if it looks like some interesting stuff i'll like go back and watch it but sometimes i just i just uh shuffle through it you're just trying <laughs> to find a way to watch them all in like 1.5 speed i don't like horror movies lance <laughs> i love gen- horror movies why don't you like horror movies i fit because it just freaks me out i i i get too into it and i just don't like I mean, yeah. I, Do you get nightmares? Um, I get day. I, I get paranoid is what I get. Okay. Like I, I uh-huh. am the person that will like turn on all the lights to like <laughs> go to the bathroom or like uh, lock all the doors. And I'm just like, I need to know what everything is happening right now before I go to sleep. Cause it's, I get paranoid. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about uh, this issue is the last Ronin which I know Mm -hmm. you've talked about before. Yes. And we've talked about in our very first issue, our very first episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that this book was coming. So kind (laughs) of going full circle, uh, I finally read it. I think you've read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been out for a couple years now. Um, Came out in 2020. The last Ronin is from IDW. And it was, it's, it's, well, you want to give a little bit backstory of, of the Eastman stuff? Like, I mean, kind of. Sure. Yeah. So Last Ronin is a story that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird had created what, uh, back, I believe it was in, the, in back in the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. And it, it was just a story that they never told, but they th- were thinking about like, oh, what would it be like if it was kind of set in the future and there's only one turtle left? And so that's the story. So something that they created decades ago. uh got a little bit more added to it because I believe Waltz came in to also help write that storyline. And Waltz is a very long running writer for the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic that started back up, which created this kind of like resurgence in, in turtles, especially in the comics for turtles, because that comic is phenomenal. So yeah, it's just, the story is kind of set in, post-apocalyptic it's not post-apocalyptic it is a futuristic world that is basically been overtaken by this replacement character for shredder it's his grandson yeah it's uh yeah and um uh so okay 
good and the bad. I'll just briefly, and this is going to be a bit spoilery because we're going to talk about who the last Ronin is, uh, some of the characters that survive, um, and, and some of the things. So yeah. So spoiler warning. <laughs> spoiler warning for the last war- for the last Ronin. Um, so I love the first issue. I think so. Yes. It's five issues. I love the first issue. I think it was just great world building and the tone. And I love how they kind of capture that style of uh, of Eastman. You know throughout like even though other people are doing some of the art but it's mostly it's mostly kevin eastman is doing pencils and 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 even just like the flashbacks are really fun because it almost looks like an old 80s black and white you know eastman and laird version um with and then but like some of the some of the artwork is just so good Mm -hmm. uh it's and and they mention you know like how this turtle that's that's left over and we'll just say it's uh, the last Ronin is Michelangelo. And so he runs into April O'Neil, who has got a synthetic arm and a synthetic leg. And and she's like, oh, I, I haven't seen you in years. And, you know, and and um, and he's like, yeah, I've and she's like, you've you've gotten bigger and you've grown. And it's like your mutation has gotten made you tougher and everything like that. And he, Mike is huge like he's just like a tank he's gigantic yeah um and and they do this the the whole thing with like he can still hear his the monologues the the conversation of his brothers that are there with him and you don't really see him at first you just see that these different like word bubbles and eventually you start seeing him in the shadows and eventually you start seeing him like talking to him um i thought that was brilliant and i love that scene in the fifth issue where he's like stop talking to me like leave me alone like just that was that was really powerful um things i didn't like i I wasn't crazy about baxter stockman like having him be this like cyborg you know whatever security force um it was like all right you know uh it was okay i mean it's it's i i get that they're bringing back it was fun to see some characters come back like baxter stockman and fugitoid and and uh um, and some stuff like that, you know, and, and I, I really liked um, Casey Marie, who's the daughter of April and Casey Jones, um, and, and that she's like part part mutant, but she's humanoid, but she basically just has enhanced strength, you know, because they have this whole thing about like, oh, well, we were around you so much that we were exposed to mutation and and th- that gave you extra powers and stuff like that. I'm like, OK, that's, that's that's cool. And she's a cool character and she's very whip smart and hip and futuristic and things like that. Wasn't crazy about the, the shredder guy. He had a no. silly costume. <laughs> it's basically like he's the T 1000 in a shiny silver shredder costume. And he, and it can't be broken except like after repeated explosions and hits and everything. But like he, he looks silly and he just, he's just whiny the whole time. And I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really feel anything for him, but, but, all the stuff with the turtles were, were great and uh, seeing April and kind of seeing how she's evolved and, and the, the flashbacks were amazing. And yeah, so I, I thought it was really fun. I, like you said, I think it, it was, it's kind of a cool revived concept. I, this is basically the dark Knight returns for Ninja turtles. <laughs> um, Very much so. Equivalent, uh, and it's, and it's going to live on as like, this is a great, one of the great uh, Ninja turtle storylines. And I'm, I'm so glad that they brought in uh, Tom Waltz to kind of, kind of make it 
tie in with the current stuff and and but at the same time have the original creators be part of that storytelling uh, because it really felt like oh this is this is canon like this is not just like a a future storyline this is like this is something that could actually you know be where things are going <laughs> like yeah. potential potential future yeah but yeah. I I think I talked about this previously. Like I I thought the story started very strong, and I wasn't wild about the ending though. Mm. But mm-hmm. I I still it is absolutely worth a read. If if you are a Ninja Turtle fan, yeah. you should absolutely read the Last Ronin. Yeah, I did like the little epilogue with with Casey yeah. Marie and how she she's like following the teachings of shredder and the book that mm-hmm. mikey has and splinter and he, he's he's or, uh, that um definitely don't want her following shredder <laughs> yeah sorry sorry he's she's following the book of splinter's teachings uh that mikey gave her and then she has these four little turtles and you know she's gonna like turn them into <laughs> friends and she's like i got a lot to teach you and stuff and i was like oh that's cute like i like that that was fun yeah i i enjoyed the epilogue the epilogue was fun. It gives some hope. Yeah, it was nice. And Mikey, man, Michelangelo is a scrapper. He's he he had he had the fight of his life. <laughs> but that's that's who I wanted the last run to be when I was reading it. I was like, it has to be Mikey. It has to be the character that you least expect to be the last one yeah. standing. It's it was it's a good read. I definitely recommend it. Absolutely. And it's on Comicsology, so uh, the whole thing. Uh, so if you have a Comicsology Unlimited account, uh, you can you can read that for uh, part of your membership. So check that out. The trade paperback is also extremely inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper than if you bought the single issues. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed is on Comicsology they have uh, they did release a design archive which has all the sketches of of the characters. Um, and and Kevin Eastman's like concepts and and it, it's not just the character art it's like stuff for the cities and for the Mausers and and like breakdowns of weapons and it's it's really cool um, so there's there's a really nice behind the scenes kind of book that they put out as well so there's some good stuff there nice well thanks I'm I'm glad we were able to do one of these yeah of course and uh, the next time we'll have even more recommendations for everyone. All right, well, it's time to close the book on another episode of What Are You Reading? So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. Closer.